Welcome to Into the Known, a podcast focused on helping you find the known within you. And uh, we, Cindy and I are here today and we're welcoming you to season four. Can you believe it? Four seasons. <laughs> so this is our very first episode of season four. And today we're going to talk about chaos, past patterns, and what was the last one, Cindy? I forget. Kind of just like... <laughs> Seeking answers outside yourself. They, yes. they, there's this like trifecta that I feel we've entered into 2023 with, which is chaos, you know, vast majority choosing chaos. And with that chaos, I, I feel like I've witnessed a lot of what you just said, like the past patterns coming forward. And with mm -hmm. those past patterns, people seeking new answers, but seeking them outside themselves. So yeah. I think it's an interesting trifecta. I think chaos may be season four theme. I'm just, I'm not <laughs> trying be. to be a prediction <laughs> or like forecasting too much, but like we're here in the middle of February. And I just want to say that like, I think in my notebook of like categorize, not categorizing, like keeping tabs of what's going on in my life on a semi-daily basis through celebration and challenge, I think chaos has been like in every single week so mm -hmm. no i totally agree with you and you know living out here in the bay area there's been you know i mean you can like a physical manifestation of this chaos is all the layoffs that are happening in the tech industry and my uh particular job actually was not immune to that either so there was a reorg and some people were let go and you know that threw me into a, a world of chaos luckily i still have my job which is great <laughs> i appreciate it thank you <laughs> well we can even precursor the tech layoffs with the storms that california started mm -hmm. this year out with um we are in northern california we are in the bay area we both got to witness about three weeks of storms i had some beautiful flooding in my backyard mm -hmm. What we've always referred to as the Red Sea because it's all tan bark <laughs> became Princess Lake courtesy of my neighbor sharing. So I think we had some chaos before mm -hmm. the human experience had some chaos. And I think yeah. that kind of sets up 2023 so far. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> Though I, I have to share, you know, like chaos isn't always all bad, you know, like it feels really difficult most times unless you're like super go with the flow person which um i have i aspire to be but haven't quite gotten there yet <laughs> but um my shamanic teacher she writes a weekly newsletter and i love reading it and she wrote a lot of she wrote one it was all about chaos and the big thing that i took away from it was that chaos is here to stir the pot right and the uh, and to bring to the surface <laughs> those things that you need to deal with um that you maybe haven't been dealing with prior or you weren't aware of or weren't conscious of things like that and so there was there is a purpose to chaos like it's not just you're a victim to this horrible circumstances which i mean it may feel like but there is there is a reason that this change is happening. And I kind of, I was meditating on it this morning and I kept seeing that picture of the, the hurricanes, right? They're just massive chaotic storms, but when they're rolling over the ocean, their purpose is to pull that cold water up to the surface, right? So the top water is super hot. It's too hot. And you know, <laughs> when it bring and it bring it, so it's balancing out the oceans, right? It's bringing that cold water from the depth up to the, up to the surface. So, um, yeah, chaos isn't fun, but <laughs> if it's any consolation, there is a purpose. <laughs> 
Yeah, I want to share a little bit of like what that's looking like for me in my practice is a lot of last minute session requests, like Mm. a lot, and a lot more communication from clients of like their recognition of these patterns from, you know, younger versions of self and finding themselves falling back into like an old habit or an old Mm -hmm. behavior oftentimes embedded in like people pleasing and codependency and healing Mm -hmm. not gonna lie um and in the sessions and even in my own meditative practice when I look at the energy it's just like you just described the hurricane like it's swirls of energy that are trying to capture various vibrations from what I can tell in these what I would say are like dust clouds or something of that nature and I wrote a couple weeks ago um I think it was I think it was on social honestly don't remember where I wrote it um about what what to do when the world chooses chaos because Mm. with our new moon that we had at the beginning of February the end of January what I saw was like how there was going to be this big shift in the chaos energy and those that are you know doing the practice or grounding have some sort of practice and it doesn't even need to be an intense practice it can be like I go to yoga once a month mm-hmm. or the people that were gonna find themselves still being pretty grounded and almost being like a, a lightning rod to the world around them and I shared this with a couple different clients uh recently because they were the ones that like I was really seeing the picture in their space in their sessions and was asking like do you feel like you're the grounding rod for your environment and it offered them a picture, a way to understand why they felt like they were taking on so much. But a lot of, mm-hmm. aside from it being the swirl of energy and this magnetizing, like, come join this vibration to stir the pot, like for, for a, I would say, a pretty solid purpose, I I found or I'm finding like people don't necessarily know what to do when they're the, the grounding rod for the room with with where they reside. And then they are taking on people's challenges, their problems, Mm -hmm. their emotions, and then it becomes these old patterns emerging and going back to the point of chaos is to stir the pot to change something. And so it's an interesting, it's an interesting energy to see. It's an interesting set of patterns to witness. And I wonder, and and Lisa, we've talked about this a little bit, I think, on the podcast before. One of our teachers um, had said very early on in the pandemic that he was looking up what what comes after, you know, a huge plague or pandemic. And he, he said, you know, history tells us it's a renaissance of sorts. And I just wonder if, like, we are in the transition into that renaissance because I'm simultaneously with this chaos energy it's pushing people to make decisions that they wouldn't have made five years ago Mm -hmm. and it's pushing the economic system to be a little more responsive or decide what they're doing which is we're going to tap out people which I don't understand long-term thinking but hey you're probably not going to be on the planet when these things are deeply impacting your company so you probably don't actually care that much (laughs) but to me like is this the precursor to a renaissance I guess yeah my my curiosity I hope so I'm hopeful (laughs) I would like that (laughs) you know I was talking with someone about you know, as far as we have come and the amazing things we've done technologically and all that stuff, I still feel like we're in a bit of the dark ages <laughs> from our belief system point of view. 
Oh, goodness. So I've been on edx.org, which, by the way, if you're ever looking to take like audit university class or learn about something, go on there. It's free. You can pay for certifications and stuff, but you can audit the classes for free. And it's like Ivy League. It's it started was started by Harvard and MIT. Not the point. Point is like. I am fascinated by the universe. I'm fascinated by the evolution of human, which not surprising at all. But with all of the new stuff coming out with uh, the JSW telescope with mm. AI and like the confusion of information, I keep getting smacked with like the what I feel is the arrogance of our intellect to believe mm. like we are so tiny and we don't understand so much of the universe. And yet we have these ideologies, like you just said, that like feel a little out of time. And I keep going back to that picture we read several years ago of like when I saw the planet had stopped its evolution mm -hmm. at the start of ancient civilization. And so I've also simultaneously been going down a rabbit hole of like ancient civilizations <laughs> as well, because clearly my anthropology degree wants to come out loud. Mm -hmm. And like, also, I'm doing a lot of like ancestral work right now. So it's all kind of making sense. But it comes back to this idea of like, what do we actually know? And what don't we know? And what happens if we just surrender to chaos energy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> if it's as big as the, you know, like, uh, nature taking taking charge, like, there's really not much we can do except adapt <laughs> to what's happening. But um, I, I find it interesting. I was watching this. Uh, I was I, I love watching archaeological shows. And there was this one in South America. Um, and it was just ancient. It was about ancient civilizations in the Amazon. Fascinating. But they were interviewing somebody and they were talking about the Mayan calendar and how the Mayan calendar. It ended in when was it? 2012. 2012. 2012. It was it was as far as they could perceive. And it has to do with the larger calendar and the rotation of the larger mm. calendar. And it was just that the Mayan culture didn't perceive beyond that. It wasn't right. that the world was going to end like we all thought in 20. Yeah, yeah. But she said it in a really interesting way that I was like, ooh, I like what you said. But she was saying that, you know, the world didn't end. But the world as we know it is ending. You know, like it's changing. Yeah. Like, so that, yeah. that, I was like, yes, that, that. <laughs> that I agree well, and, with and, that. and fascinating in alignment with that. I'd have to check dates in terms of what's going on with NASA and space and the mm -hmm. universe around 2012. But Mayans are also incredibly fascinated by astrology and astronomy. Mm -hmm. And uh, astrology looks different for them, but astronomy was also like they kind of saw it as one and the same. So it's interesting that I feel like in the last 10 years, we've also seen a pretty intense explosion of our awareness of the universe as given to the public like i'm assuming we've had more information for a long time but we didn't mm -hmm. have access to it oh yeah i just saw this great show on uh, black hole like they were actually like doing this mapping thing about like what does that actually what does it look like like what does it actually look like because you can't really i see love it. that stuff my <laughs> brain know. breaks every time it's so great i know my husband's watching this and he's like do you understand any of this i'm like probably about one point one percent of it but i'm like i love the the drive to know, the curiosity, the like yeah. what ifs and like all of the things. Anyway, it was great. It was great. But yeah, I feel like this, like we're, yeah, I think we're learning a little bit more about how the universe works, but then also learning, how, like you said, like how, how much we don't know. <laughs> Which astrophysicists are really quick to tell you, like we don't mm -hmm. know. A lot of this is theoretical and it's based off of formulas. And I mm -hmm. follow this one woman um, on social media and she 
her degrees are in math and she talks about how complicated how we've overcomplicated math which like I've always believed and I think yes. it's so funny to like have that you know that affirmed outside myself <laughs> my son but will talks- totally agree with you as he's taking calculus too and he's just like Ugh. <laughs> oh goodness I'm so sorry I never had to do calculus thankfully but but she talks a lot about what we don't know about the universe and how important that awareness of what we don't know is important to astrophysicists and and physicists in general and theory and all of these things. But we take everything as like absolute truths. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying like some things are rel- – gravity is an absolute truth. Like we know gravity exists and that's not something that suddenly we can say it doesn't exist anymore. Now we can manipulate it. There's a whole lot of other things we can do. But we take – a lot of our theories for granted. And then when we are confronted with new information, it, it it's something I feel like the science community, I know we're a little off topic, but I feel like it's something the science community always has to battle, that the spirituality community has to battle consistently, but not given credentials for it. Like the mm-hmm. science community is allowed to say, oh, we got new information. So we're changing, we're adjusting. Einstein was wrong about this, that, and the other. In the spirituality community, like when we are confronted with new information, it. And this is kind of going into seeking outside yourself. When we're confronted with new information that doesn't match our previous ideology, it's one of two things. We either like give space for it and ask like, is this resonant? Is this our truth? Or we outright reject it. And Mm -hmm. I feel like when we are in this space of chaos and we can see it reflected in science right now, when we are confronted with new information, we don't know what to do. And that's where these old patterns come back yeah, to, to haunt us. Mm-hmm. And or maybe not haunt us because I tell my clients, because um, you all know my favorite phrase is the universe is testing me. And if you don't hear the irony and the sarcasm in my voice, then you have not been listening for very long. Um, to which I have started to say two things. One what makes you think that the universe has any interest in testing you? Like, Mm -hmm. why is that your go-to? Like, let's stop and examine that. Mm -hmm. And two, are you just getting opportunity to recognize you actually haven't changed something in that pattern? And it's not that Mm. you're being quote-unquote tested, but that there is still energy somewhere in there, part of a program, et cetera. And so I've been working with clients, like when they get into that victim energy, especially in response to this chaos, it has been a lot of like, let's pause and ask like what the thought process is behind this and how Mm -hmm. you can either confront and expand your thought process, confront and reject out this idea, or change the pattern and behavior. And it's right. it's not easy work. I'm not going to lie. It's not no. easy work. <laughs> no, it isn't. I was talking with a friend yesterday, and she um, she had this great insight into her relationship space um, as she's, you know, trying to find, you know, the right person to hang out with. And we were talking about past patterns and things like that. And she goes, oh, yeah, I um, she was raised by her stepdad. And she was saying that there was always this when I lived when I was growing up when she was small, there was always this feeling of like she didn't deserve it. Like she didn't deserve love. She didn't deserve, you know, to be treated well, that kind of thing. And that pattern is sort of like embedded in your psyche as you because you're little you don't know any different right like you don't know how to just at that moment discern you know saying no (laughs) you're wrong um so it just plants itself it's like this little virus that gets planted in your psyche and it's sort of playing in the background and then when you hit a place where you're trying to manifest something that is different from what that pattern says 
that's when you run into trouble and you get in, then you, then these past patterns come up and, you know, who knows what happens. Maybe you sabotage the relationship or you just can't find the right person or whatever, whatever, or you're not attracted to the, the person that would be best for you. Or it could be a million, million things. <laughs> like it could manifest itself a million ways, but the root cause of it is that, that belief that I'm not good enough. I don't deserve it. Yeah. And they're, they're hard to look at. <laughs> they're hard to look at. I'll give you another example. Like when this whole thing went down with like the restructuring of my company, I went in, I fell way hard into absolute fear of like, I'm going to be living in my car. <laughs> I'm going to lose which, my job. Which, like for the record, because I was with you the same day that you found out about the restructuring, yeah. which for the record, you weren't going to ever end up in your car because I know. you do have, I know. You do have a partner. <laughs> and and some savings. where's that fear picture? <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah. <laughs> what, what were you able to kind of look backwards and go like, why is this my automatic response? Because to me, mm-hmm. that is part of what chaos is giving us. It's giving us an opportunity to question automatic responses. And automatic responses are oftentimes built from a program. So like, yep. this is all like, we're breaking it down backwards, but we're getting mm-hmm. there. So were you able to sit with it and say, where where did this start? Like, what is this? Oh, yeah, it totally. And it was funny because my <laughs> My son actually poked at me at this one. This was so good because uh, it really, it all stems back to my mom and she grew up in the depression era. She was born in the depression era where people Does actually Does that make were, her silent generation? I think, I don't know. She was kind of, cup, she was cuspy. She was like- So the, silent or boomer. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think she, I think she's technically a boomer, but she was, it, it affected her greatly. Like she was the firstborn- from like my grandma. I'm a zennial, so like I, I get it. I get the cuspy. I get yeah. it. There are many yeah. of us listening right now that get the cuspy. Yeah. yeah. So it was so that like people actually did. Well, they didn't live in their car, but they didn't they they had no place to live, right? They didn't. And that fear that um was prevalent as she was growing up between, you know, my grandmother and my grandfather. Luckily they didn't they never were homeless, but but the fear of that was so great in the family and it has never gone and never gone like it's always there and, and and it manifests itself in a million different ways but um as time has passed but it was funny i was talking with my son another one was, was my son and his girlfriend were over and we were talking about psychology class and i was like oh my god i remember fighting with my psychology teacher about money doesn't buy you happiness and how <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I, so we, I was just telling my story about how I was fighting with my psychology teacher going, no, if you can't like buy food or have a roof over your head, you're not happy. So therefore money could buy. So anyway, but then my son stopped me and he's like, mom, that's grandma talking. <laughs> you know, you've worked some good energy when your son, who is an adult at this point, theoretically, yeah. is calling you out. Yeah, like, you totally. know, you've hit the next level when family members not doing the work are like, um, I'd like to point out that's not you, mom. It was so great. I said, you know what? I didn't know it then, but thank you for reminding me now. So were you able to get some healing and some some clearing yes. around that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. And it was actually, you know, it was it was great because it was I, you know, I meditated on it and did some energy work on it and stuff. But the people that I was um, like my husband, my son, you know, some of my clients that I was working with really like it, the this idea that you are a, it was a victim, really, like you're a victim to the circumstance and there's nothing you can do. 
you know, you're just going to be in poverty and there's nothing you can do at all. That was sort of at the root of it, like the helpless victim part of it. And really digging into, and this has come up in a, in a variety of ways. Like I've, I notice when I hit a place in my career space where I'm just not happy and I want to move on, I was, you know, but I just don't feel like I can. I go into this whole thing. Well, I just wish someone, I wish someone would just, you know, take care of me and I wouldn't have to worry about it. Right. Like I go into that pattern and, and that's my mother. Like my mother is, you know, she, she never really had to, she never really had to work. She worked a little bit, but um, she didn't have to work and she was always taken care of. And so that is sort of a another programming that's in the back of my head. And then I always go like, well, why can't I just manifest what I want for myself? <laughs> why do I have to depend on this other person to do it for me? <laughs> why? Well, and, and I want to I want to pause you there because I mm-hmm. want to just chat a little bit about why we go outside ourselves when we hit this type of Mm. chaos energy and chaos is not always fear I want to make that clear like just because it's chaotic does not mean that it's going to instill fear or light up fear in your space to me in watching my clients and even myself like I'm not going to act like I'm a perfect unbiased human who is somehow magically riding a unicorn over here and figuring (laughs) it out without having to like have the lived experience and be at the mercy of life um But what I've been paying attention to is, like, why? Why, Mm -hmm. when we are in chaos, do we not believe we can have our own answer? And for me personally, I get overwhelmed. So I Mm -hmm. have been joking for, like, a solid three weeks now that the universe, God, the supreme being, source, whomever, is not CCing me on the emails about energy. (laughs) And I would really appreciate getting those CCs because – those emails because – it makes my life easier if I know what my clients are going to be navigating, my friends, my family, and myself. Mm-hmm. Because as much as I want to be ahead of it, it's not always the case. And it's this overwhelm for me that makes it mm-hmm. hard for me, which is my pattern. When I get overwhelmed, I detach, I dissociate, I check out. I'm like, nope, not doing anything. So it's my reminder of like, you've got to change the pattern. You've got to mm-hmm. go find your space. Make the very uncomfortable to-do list. Do one very uncomfortable task and then go about your day. But it's, for me, like, I get overwhelmed. With my clients, I find them losing their sense of self in this type Mm. of chaos energy. And so they've lost or forgotten or can no longer access their own truth. Mm -hmm. And those are opportune times to, like, absolutely have a session, get a reading, do a healing, whatever. But also be mindful of, like, who you're doing it with. The thing that has come up with, like, me recently with clients is, like, the seeking outside themselves for their answers because I'm watching them give up agency and I'm watching Mm. them give up sovereignty and seniority and all these things that, like, I pride myself in my business being at the base of. And when I watch, like, my friends, like you, Lisa, go through something and see where you hit that picture of like, I can't do this for myself. I think you and I are so trained now to like question that, to be like, Mm -hmm. wait a minute. Like, but also it's really hard because like, how do you instill your certainty in somebody else, your your understanding of their potentiality without over-potentializing where they are? I'll pause because I think I just like went down six different (laughs) rabbit holes that all connect underground somewhere. (laughs) They do. They totally do connect. Um, I I like what you said about overwhelm. I think that that's really a trigger because when you get completely overwhelmed, you go, 
I mean, I do too. I just go like, I can't do this. You know, that's my immediate reaction. I can't do this. <laughs> and I think when you hit that, that's probably partially true, right? You alone probably can't do it alone, but it doesn't mean you have no access, you have no help out there. You know, like that's not, and I think that's where you can fall into hopelessness, right? Like I can't do this, therefore it's hopeless. And you go down the spiral like I did, like and you fall into the giant hole of I'm going to live in my car. <laughs> That's where we institute the 24-hour rule, where you get your 24 yes. hours for your pity party. At some point, yes. we do need to look at victim, savior, martyr, energy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's write that down. Effect there. <laughs> um, but you get your 24 hours at that point of, like, the world is ending. I, you know, I'm going to live in my car. I'm going to lose my job. All of these mm-hmm. things. You get that 24 hours. And then right. you have to kind of take your step back into your body and go, I guess I shouldn't be detached anymore. Right, right, right. I, I was talking to my husband about it because he was all like, I don't he like, he, when I go into these spirals, he looks at me like, what the hell's wrong with you? Having met your husband, I'm not surprised at all. I can just imagine his face being like, I can't even understand where your brain is right now. Yeah, like, right. I can just imagine him staring at you. There's blankly. no logic to this at all. None. No, no, there's not. But I don't know if you uh, are familiar with, like, there was a toy when I was a kid called the Weeble Wobble. Yes. And it was, yeah, so it's this little, little toy that is a rounded base and you can knock it over, but it pops back up. And I was like, when I finally got out of the hole, I was like, you know, I'm like a Weeble Wobble, right? Like, I, I'll get knocked down, but I'm going to. I'm gonna I'm gonna pop up again. Coming right in. That's right. <laughs> so don't worry. I, I won't get lost in the hole any at least now I can say that. Like before, prior to all this energy work that I've done, I don't know if I could have said I could I'll pop back up again. But um yeah, I know I will. So what are you telling your clients, your friends, your colleagues to do when they're hitting this chaos energy? What is one thing you're offering as your guidance, your insight? My big thing is like, know that you're not alone. Like there are, there is help out there and you just need to. So funny because my entire body is like, I don't care that there's help. Oh, I know. You're like, I can't. I'm not going to ask for help. And you're allowed to ask for help. <laughs> you don't have to do My it body's very much in a I don't care that misery loves company phase. Mm. We're very much like my my experience is unique and not universal in any way, shape or form. It's just where I'm at this point. Yeah. And I think what was helpful for me is I have been um, listening to a lot of sound meditations lately and just that shift in vibrational pattern right like so these are just like higher vibrational like frequencies that are like beautiful sounds and stuff like that they can help sort of kick well at least for me anyway they help sort of kick me out of the death spiral <laughs> that I was in. the death spiral <laughs> gonna just make a little yes. note about that maybe maybe some death pictures in there that i was looking at <laughs> We have very different lives. Very different lives. I'm over here being like, no, there's still unicorns and rainbows. It's amazing. You're like death spiral. It felt that way when you hit fear that big. Totally fair. I mean, I I definitely hit some pain last Mm -hmm. week in in my program and was a little, you know, lot lit up and a lot annoyed and got a very thoughtful <laughs> response from my teacher. So I do understand. I do yeah, understand yeah. that paralysis that can yeah. <laughs> I, I tend to exaggerate. You know, I come from a good Irish doc that loves what? Great Us exaggerate? <laughs> Be overdramatic? Right? Goodness. <laughs> never. What what I have offered people 
Um, well, aside from, you know, you're not alone and mm-hmm. find a healing modality that works because there are days, yeah. as all of you know, that I'm like, F healing, I'm not here for it. I just yeah. want to move out of where I am. Um, I, cause I work with a lot of people that are really intellectualized and they want to intellectualize everything and they want to understand the why and they want to understand like the tangible. So I have been encouraging people to look at what's going on in the world and where they are in relation to the things and like really starting to put weight on how much you're allowing the chaos energy to impact you because it's getting manipulated. Like the chaos energy is there. And then we all can tap into it and utilize it for ourselves and influence how we want to. And it's it's one of those things where, like, you can also unmatch, you can ground, you can create separation, like you can Mm -hmm. do all of these things. But also for me, from the intellectual perspective, what are you matching? Where are you curious? What is going on in a bigger picture that you are viewing as being chaotic and like why is that interesting to you because then it kind of feeds the intellectual brain but also creates Mm. like a safe picture for the body to ground into because the body thinks it's grounding into information and Mm -hmm. so for those of you that are a little bit more intellectualized or like wanting needing going into the analytical not that not all of us are intellectualized but like wanting to go into the analytical and can't step into the intuitive and like trust that you're going to get to the other side this is Mm -hmm. what my recommendation has been yeah that's a good one that's a really good one yeah because i have been working with some people that like are super analytical and like like to use their analyzing yeah it's the why's (laughs) and like my favorite response to that and if you're my client you know this is my favorite response why do you think not in mm-hmm. a reading, like, but after the fact, like, why do you think? Which brings me to my next, like, recommendation during times of chaos and this type of chaos, not like beginning of the pandemic chaos. That was very different type of chaos. Who are you listening to? Like, where's your mm-hmm. truth? And what do you believe? And if you don't have an answer, that's your opportunity to sit with it and be curious how much you are being impacted or or how much information around a topic is coming in at you because you would I personally would want to have an opinion if I'm constantly being exposed to something Mm -hmm. and want to know like where my truth is so that I'm not getting programmed and not getting not being susceptible to whatever the powers that be like want me to be these are the more intellectual side. This is more the analytical brain wanting. Yeah, to. no, that's true because you're right. You're absolutely right. There are control energies out there that want to mani- like they ooh chaos. Let's manipulate it <laughs> so I can get what Which I want. Which is super. I mean, super <laughs> fair. We're here to stir the pot. So like, let's stir the pot for good, for bad, for neutrality, for mm-hmm. neutral, for object, ob- objective. Wow, objectively, <laughs> I'm really objectivity. This. Objectivity, thank you. This sure. growth period and language, I feel like I can see the words and I go to like move my mouth to make them. Yeah. And it's like a foreign language. They're not there. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not sure what I'm channeling, but it's great. Oh, that made me think of something. Well, I'll pipe in while you're thinking. Um, I'm reading The Course in Miracles, which is such a mind boggler to me. But anyway, there's this one exercise I have you do where they say basically, above all else, I want to see differently. And so, I this has been a very useful mantra to me when I run into these situations is like, how can I see this differently? You know, and ask myself that question like, okay, right now I'm staring at chaos in my life. Like my job is not as stable as I thought it was like, okay, how can I see that differently? And that has really helped pivot my viewpoint to to get out of the spiral um, 
and go, wait a minute, <laughs> there's, there's another way. There's got to be another way. There is another way. There's always have, another way. Yeah. You just have to ask, you know, to see it or ask to find it or ask yourself to, you know, see a different, different perspective. So I really feel like this whole, I don't know, over the last three or four years, I'm just like, we just need to think differently. We need to see differently. Like we need to do things way we, differently. We, we do. <laughs> Those that do are not in power. Those mm. in power are not interested. Yeah, no, I agree. Completely. It's a, it's a way, it's a, you know this, like it's a way bigger issue. And one thing I will add to what you just said of like the seeing different is also like ask, what's your role here? Yeah. What, yeah. what's your role? Are you on this planet to support a shift in thinking? Like, are you mm -hmm. here to provide a different perspective, to see things differently, to go to the corner of the room and look at it differently? Or are you here to, you know, guide and offer support in a different way? Or maybe, I mean, you're probably not listening to this podcast, but maybe you are here to be a part of the power chaos that's happening. Right, right. What, right. what I also want to add with that is, like, if you are the grounding rod in your company, your business, your home, your friend circle, take the extra time to create the separation because mm -hmm. you are doing a lot more energetic labor than you might realize and you're very likely taking on things that are not yours and this is yep. where those morning and nighttime routines that we've talked about the sleep hygiene part um or the um energy hygiene part like has a really important value here too not mm -hmm. so i don't know how to end that sentence <laughs> that's right i i think we got the idea <laughs> Take care of yourself. <laughs> you. uh, yeah, it's true. It's so true this morning. I was washing my dishes and I'm going, I got to stop being such a damn sponge. <laughs> like stop being the sponge. I have a sponge in my hand. Like stop being the sponge. <laughs> stop being the sponge that grounds the whole entire community in which I reside. <laughs> I think I, I think it was a Pedialyte commercial that had kids acting as sponges and this was mm. like a point of contention in my degree <laughs> and remains a point of contention for me because it's the idea that you are absorbing without filter without influence without agency which is different from what you're describing you're describing like quite literally just absorbing other people's emotion not yeah. necessarily their ideas but like their right, emotion right, right and so true and my response is like Where's your definition, Rose? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Where's that sticker that defines your space? Um, I know. If you're a child, well, like, it's the it's stuck behind it. the picture that I have to save the world. You know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So on that note, a couple things we plan on talking about this season. I want to dive into and talk about the energies of victim, savior, and martyr. This came mm -hmm. up with the client recently. It is a fascinating Venn diagram. It is a fascinating psychology yeah. like piece. I'm so excited to talk about that. Mm -hmm. What are you most excited bringing to the table this season? Oh gosh, um, I'm pretty excited about the interviews we've got lined up, but we're not. I'm not going to spoil it and say who they are. But I think we're going to have some really great discussions with with people that we're going to bring in, and um, I'm really excited. We also talked about digging into the mind and all the parts of the mind and and things like that. And so I'm like, I'm all over that. <laughs> so when I, we get there. On, on that note, I'm listening to The Holographic Universe by Michael mm. Talbot. Uh, one of my my mentors recommended it to me. It's going to be one of those ones. I'm going to actually have to get the physical book because my brain can't retain the information as quickly mm -hmm. as it normally does. It's pretty yeah. intense, but I'm going to recommend that one for that. I am 
all for talking more about the mind. I am also, I'm not going to lie, I am really excited to talk about mediumship and like oh, channeling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Only because I am spending a lot more time in consultations trying to explain to people like what makes me different and mm-hmm. what channeling is and what mediumship really is it, from where I sit. And so I'm really excited to talk about that. Also, that's the program I'm in. So like who's not going to be excited to talk about their own program, <laughs> which I, I think I might have pivoted. I think I might be like enjoying it a lot more now. Yay! I don't know. I don't know. I okay, guess, we'll see. I, we'll see. <laughs> I think like aligned with things you've shared today, Lisa, like I think I've decharged it enough to just not really care. So now I can just like show up and be like, meh. I also yeah. got a very thoughtful response from my teacher and it just makes me feel good. So Good. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So we have an exciting fourth season coming up uh, in the next 13 episodes. Well, 12 more. <laughs> well, 12 more plus a few bonuses because mm-hmm. we have a couple ideas that got thrown in. And there's always space for your ideas. So if yes. you want to learn something, if you are interested on the energetic approach of something, if you want to hear what we have to say about something in your life, you know, we have this magical email. It's called Cindy, C-Y-N-D-I at intothenown.com. Or if it's easier, you can just do hello at intothenown.com and that will still get forwarded to us. And you can find our podcast information on the website, intothenown.com. You can find Lisa on Instagram at Insight and Harmony. And you can find me and Into the Known as a whole at into underscore the underscore known. We really do want to hear from you. We want to hear mm-hmm. what you want to hear about. We want to hear where you are feeling challenged and stuck, where your existential crisis is this year. So please email or DM us and let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Because without you, I will ramble for 13 episodes <laughs> about absolutely nothing. And I'm sure all of you will be here for it. But maybe we'll create some structure and guidance. Yeah. Any, be... Anything you want to add, Lisa? No, I uh, just want to thank the listeners for tuning in. Really appreciate your listening to our rambles. <laughs> Four seasons. I know. Fourth season. I, I don't know. even know what to Great. do with that. I'm a little I'm a little taken aback. I'm I know. Lie. Me too. I'm excited. I am. I am like, too. All right. Cool. Well, I gave I gave you all, all the calls to action that you could ever want, desired, need. <laughs> so until next time, enjoy the wonder.